Welcome to the overrated underdog. 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 When it comes to sports, we know what we're talking about, and we bring it every time. From football to basketball to hockey and baseball. With expert guests to talk about boxing, MMA, golf, and sports betting without the fluff and the psychobabble. What's up, underdogs? Let's do this. This is the Overrated Underdog, and this is your host, Tobias Barkley. What is good, underdogs? Welcome to this episode of the Overrated Underdog. I'm your host, Tobias Barkley, and in this episode, we're going to be talking all about basketball, all things basketball, and what's going on in and around the basketball scene today. Of course, you got to give a shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks for winning the NBA championship, Giannis with his first ring. Um, and of course, you got to give a shout out to Team USA for uh, winning the gold medal championship uh, for Team USA basketball. I think. Basically, any time that USA saddles up and goes to the Olympics for uh, Olympic basketball, they're just about guaranteed to win gold. Um, I know they were kind of scared a little there near the end against Team France. Uh, Australia can kind of be a competitor sometimes. You know, Luca, he's definitely going to make it difficult in the future for Team USA single-handedly. Uh, he can definitely uh, push some teams out of the way, so... Congratulations, Team USA, for winning another gold championship in Olympic basketball. With all that being said, there are a lot of current events, a lot of current things happening in basketball uh, that we're going to get to today. Some free agent signings, you know, some summer league talk, some trades that have happened recently. A player absolutely fumbled the bag. It was gifted to him, hand-wrapped, literally presented right in front of him, put it in his hands. And he dropped it over the Atlantic Ocean. So we're going to be talking about that a little later on. But first, I want to get to something that is um, a bit more serious. Not so much about the sport of basketball, but it does involve the... It involves a basketball player. Um, and it involves kind of the mindset or the mentality that maybe athletes should start to adapt and think about. So... If you don't know what I'm talking about, P.J. Washington and Brittany Renner, definitely go and check that out. The situation is very messy, and the the problem is, I don't want to say I see it from both sides, because I'm very frustrated on one side, but it's also like, bro, P.J., everything presented itself to you, and you missed all the warning signs, my brother. It's like, you go to McDonald's, or you go to Tim Horton's, or wherever you get your coffee and you just start to chug it and you think it's going to be lukewarm. No, you ordered a coffee. It's going to be scolding hot. So yes, I think you're going to be mad when you realize that you just burned the inside of your mouth. But to kind of give a synopsis for people that don't know about the story, um, Brittany Renner, who I guess let's call her an Instagram model, if we want to say that. Um, and PJ Washington, you know, a young player, uh, 22 years old, for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, they have a relationship. You know, they have a relationship uh, so deep that they just had a kid. Now, this kid was just recently born within the past couple weeks, I believe. 
and now Brittany Renner is filing for a divorce. Uh, obviously, PJ and Brittany got married before that, um, and now she's filing for a divorce. And she has been quoted as saying this was kind of her plan the whole time. Um, and if you read the warning labels, you could see this all written out in front of you. Brittany is, I think, seven or eight years older than PJ. And when PJ was at the University of Kentucky, Brittany Renner used to go to every single one of his games. She used to sit there in some UK gear and cheer him on and essentially grooming him for this scenario, for the time that he became legal. Because again, remember, this was a 17-year-old teenage kid brand new to the college basketball scene had never you know maybe seen the possibility of getting with someone um that's got the clout like Brittany Renner now Brittany Renner I don't know how long she's been in and around the entertainment industry um but I knew I do know that she has relationships or has had relationships with Colin Kaepernick maybe not a relationship but I'm sure you can pick up what I'm putting down Colin Kaepernick she's been involved with uh there's rumors that she was involved with some other entertainers um Chris Brown has been mentioned Drake has been mentioned um so I don't know how long she's been in this game but a young 17 18 year old PJ Washington was presented with this older woman that seemed very interested in him um and I think from again all the reports from what i've i've read she had kind of been open and honest and you know he might have known what her her scenarios and situations were in the past but she had kind of been open and honest with him like yeah like i want to i want a relationship i want to start a family and i want to lock down with somebody and you know pj being a young 17 year old 18 year old kid obviously was kind of naive to that and believed it and unfortunately, this man signs a contract, signs an NBA contract, gets married to, you know, Brittany Renner, um, has a baby with her, and now she's filing for divorce. And she is obviously uh, filing for child support. And this means, uh, the rumor is, this man is going to have to pay $200,000 a month. $200,000 a month for this baby. Because this girl trapped him. And that's the problem. That's what this is. This woman trapped PJ Washington. She had this whole vision. She had her sights set out for this young, naive athlete that she knew was going to make millions of dollars, even as a low-level player still. He's still only 22 years old. He's got a long career ahead of him, but he's still only making a few million dollars a year. But now he's locked in to pay rumored $200,000 a month if this child support situation goes through and obviously it has to go to court and whatnot but if this actually happens $200,000 a month are you kidding me all because this man couldn't read the warning labels on the product before he opened it so again I have two trains of thoughts. PJ, my brother, you are stupid. Brittany Renner, there's a video, and I'm going to put it 
up here and I'll react to it right after I put it on this uh, part of the video. But in 2018, I think, it might have been earlier, she was on Instagram Live or she was... She posted this video and it went viral and people were freaking out about it then and now it's resurfaced and people are freaking out about it still. And she was talking about how athletes are dumb and, you know, how many different entertainers and, and whatnot she's been with and all this. You know what? Let me just play it for you. We'll play it and then we'll come back and we'll digest it. So here it is. Here is Brittany Renner back in what I believe was 2018. That's what the... Uh, the post on YouTube says, and uh, here is here's Brittany Renner talking about her body count and uh, how to come up on a check. So here we go. I want to know my body count. I don't know why in like 2018 that's any of your fucking business or why it matters. But 24, 11 athletes. <laughs> Woo! Five entertainers. Woo! Eight regular guys. Woo! I've only fucked three regular guys since I've been Instagram famous because a lot of y'all run your fucking mouths too much. I don't want to be sending you a video one minute, the next minute. I see me spread eagle on the timeline playing with my pussy. In my experience, the worst people to deal with are the athletes. None of them use condoms, really. So if y'all really want to try to come up off a check off a man, I mean, you could just fuck an athlete. They're really dumb. <laughs> I don't like talking about my history with men I'm dating. I guess until now. Because most of the guys that I've dealt with are going to have more money than you. So, to be honest with you, that video disgusts me. I'm not talking about, you know, her, her discussing her, you know her body count or you know who she's hooked up with or whatever fine i'm not i'm not here to tell anyone how many you know people they should or shouldn't have slept with that's your own prerogative but the fact that she's the fact that she's targeting it as a possibility to come away with money that's a red flag my guy and pj this video came out in 2018 my guy and it was viral. It's not like it was something that was hidden. So you should have seen it. You should have known what happened. But again, 2018 was three years ago. This year, I don't know when his birthday is, but I know he's 22 years old. He's a 19-year-old kid. You're trying to make it to the league. You're focused on making it to the league. Maybe you don't really care about that video. Maybe it's just whatever. Maybe you weren't even that serious with her whenever it happened. But I don't I don't know and it's and it's it's a problem because there's so many different parts to this where I'm like PJ, you should have known better. People in PJ's circle, what the hell were you doing? Why weren't you talking to him about this and saying, "Hey bro, Probably not the right girl to get mixed up with. But then the big piece of it is Brittany Renner and her having that attitude. And women and other girls in social media congratulating her. I've seen videos since everything has dropped about PJ Washington 
and Brittany Renner. I've seen videos, I've seen tweets, I've seen articles about other women congratulating Brittany Renner for getting a bag. Get that bread, get that head, then leave. Peace out. TikTok trend, right? Like, other people in society are congratulating this. Let's not forget there's a child involved. There is a actual young child, a young boy involved. And now this woman is going to raise him? Now, now, this, now this young kid's going to grow up in a broken home? How is that any fair for that kid? Because the dad made a stupid mistake? Because Brittany Renner has this psycho mentality of using people for money? For fame? To get somewhere off, off her looks and, and honestly sex? And... Let me keep it 100. Again, I don't want to get too off of the sports topic about this because, again, this is a sports brand. It's sports conversation. But this is something serious that can really happen to any young athlete. If the roles were reversed, we're having a different conversation. And I can guarantee you there's nobody, nobody, neither man nor woman, congratulating a older man for hoodwinking a younger woman into getting money and child support and all that stuff. I can guarantee you. And it is what it is. I guess that's what society is. But the thing that disgusts me more than anything is the mindset of doing this to get money, to get fame, to get clout, and then other women in society congratulating Brittany Renner for doing this. Like she has a, a medal of honor. Oh my God, that's disgusting. Like I don't, I don't get it. And I feel bad for PJ Washington. This guy just wants to see his son. She's not letting him see his kid, you know. But at the same time, again, I go back to, dude, this was written in the sand. You saw this. People presented this to you. Videos. That video was in 2018. So, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of like... Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again, like George Bush. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. But no, in, in all seriousness, it's kind of like, I don't know where to stand because both of you are idiots. And, and I think the real, again, the real discussion should come to, I feel bad for the kid. Now, I, I just hope that PJ Washington is able to have a nice, long, successful career 
in the NBA because if two hundred thousand dollars is the is the correct amount that he's gonna be paying for child support a month, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna want to make sure he's got money coming in. So you know, hopefully things get sorted out again. This is still so early into this into this situation. Um, hopefully things get sorted out. Maybe maybe Brittany Renner decides not to be. Uh, I don't even I don't even know what the right word is, but maybe she decides to be a nice person. A decent person and <laughs> let PJ Washington for for one see his kid, but also maybe, you know, figure out a, a scenario where the kid doesn't suffer the most out of this whole situation. And, you know, maybe it goes to the court, maybe maybe everything works out. I don't know, but you know, I, I I feel bad for the kid. I feel bad for PJ Washington. The one person I definitely don't feel bad for is Brittany Renner. But again, I want to get off this. Um, that's just my thoughts uh, on everything that has been happening around PJ Washington and Brittany Renner. So definitely keep your eyes on that. And uh, if you don't know about the story and I didn't explain it well enough, go check it out. Moving on from PJ Washington over to another potential Charlotte Hornet. We'll look at the summer league and I believe the summer league concluded this past weekend. Um, Leangelo ball, maybe not the, he's, he's not the youngest player at summer league. He's probably not the most talented. Um, but I would almost like to argue that he's the hardest worker. Angelo Ball, it, I checked his stats the other day before the last game. He had played four games, obviously. Um, averaged 10.5 points over those four games. Shot 42% from the three. And averaged 1.5 steals. Now, stats are stats. And stats are flat on a piece of paper. But I think the eye test also helps. And when I watched Angelo Ball, I remember watching Angelo Ball when it was Chino Hills. I followed the Ball family, like Lonzo, Lamelo, and Leangelo, because of the hype around them, back when Lonzo was in Chino Hills. Well, when all three of them were there. And then, of course, Lonzo went to UCLA. Um, and Leangelo, I can't remember who he was with, what team he was. I think he had signed again with uh, UCLA, and then they went over to do a tournament in China. And that's where everything came out about uh, you know him stealing and whatnot. And that really obviously shot him down because that's – look, your stats can be nice and you can be a great player, but if you don't have good character, well, that's half the battle. And, you know, fairly or unfairly, the whole Ball clan was already getting judged by what their father was saying, LeVar Ball. You know, Lonzo – is a solid player, a solid point guard. Um, but because of LeVar, like his hype was through the roof, which is good in terms of sales and whatnot. You know, they started the big baller brand doing the shoes, which were absolutely awful. I haven't even heard about those ever since like 2019, since he was drafted, 2019, 2018. But Lonzo's light started to fade a little especially when he went to New Orleans, right? Wasn't as good as everyone thought. Well, it's because LeVar was hyping everything up. Then LiAngelo, like I mentioned, went to China, was caught by UCLA because of stealing. And, like, why would you steal, bro? Like, you, 
You've, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't, I, character check, whatever. I don't really care, but I don't steal in general. But if you have money, why are you stealing? I don't, I don't get that. Just buy it. Like, whatever. Anyways. LiAngelo Ball gets cut. I think from there, that's where the family decides to take both LaMelo and LiAngelo and move them to Lithuania. They start the... Um, uh, I'm going to forget the the actual league, but this was the JBL. The Ball League. Anyways, they go there. You know, they're performing well. That's one thing I really liked about LaMelo coming into to last year's draft. This guy didn't play in the NCAA. He didn't even play in the in the G League. He played around the world against actual men. And I think that benefits you, to be honest with you. I think in, in the long run, I think that benefits you more than going the NCAA route. I think you'll see that this year with Jalen Green and, and uh, Jonathan Kaminga. I, you think you see it with Luka Doncic. Obviously, Luka is a European player, but had he taken the opportunity to come over uh, to the States and play NCAA ball, I think he would have been a little bit behind. I think playing against men is uh, definitely beneficial for your game when you're a 17, 18-year-old kid. So LaMelo plays against grown men. LiAngelo plays against grown men, and LaMelo gets drafted, and LiAngelo tries out for Detroit Pistons. Doesn't work out. Doesn't have the heart. Doesn't have the compete. They're talking about his defense. Doesn't work hard on defense. The speed is an issue. But one thing I've always liked about LiAngelo that Lonzo and LaMelo didn't do, Lonzo and LaMelo are point guards. LaMelo's a good shooting point guard Lonzo's a really high IQ passing point guard Leangelo often played the two but could go and play the four and this was back in again I can't remember 2017-2018 where you didn't have a lot of undersized players playing the two and playing the four I think of a I think he's a better shooter, but I think of a PJ Tucker comp. PJ Tucker, undersized, probably what sits at what six four, six five. Doesn't play the twos. He's not a shooter like that. But that man will play the four, and I've seen him when in Houston play the five. Leangelo, because of his size, especially in high school, I don't know if they did it so much in UCLA, but I know they did it overseas. Would play a two four switch undersized i think he's like six five six six and again i know basketball position it's all positionless basically basketball now but my point being leangelo ball in a sense has been a utility knife he's been a player that you know is kind of something that not a lot of players have he's unique he can shoot, but he can also go in there and get you rebounds and, and bump around the big guys. And I think that's evident in his summer league debut here with Charlotte. But the one thing I really noticed, more than the shooting, 
more than his rebounding because I knew he had that. The one thing I really noticed was his speed and his defense. And in turn, his hustle. There was one play, I think they were playing against either the Raptors or the Kings. And Leangelo Ball, I'll put the clip up, but Leangelo Ball worked his ass off to get back on defense. Eventually got the steal. um, And I think they went down and scored a bucket off either his pass or his shot. That's impressive. Because you already have that, like I mentioned, that utility knife kind of asset being able to do, you know, guard one through. Now, I don't want to say you can guard a four in the NBA because we haven't even seen him in an actual NBA game. But let's say he can guard one, two, and three. That's nice. He can guard one, two, and three. He's able to hit, you know, over 40% from the three. He gets steals. He goes in for rebounds. He's not going to be a player like LaMelo. He's not going to be a player like Lonzo even. He's going to be probably a role player. Maybe, you know, one of those like mid-tier starters for you. Again, a great comp minus the shooting because his shooting has fallen off in recent years. I think it's P.J. Tucker. I should probably find a better comp in terms of shooting and whatnot, but I like the, because PJ Tucker has been in that same role, not a starter, not a bonafide starter, but he can, he can start a couple games for you. If you need to, you can slot him in there. You can rely on him. Again, this is only summer league and everyone gets so excited about summer league. And you think that summer league automatically translates to, to, um, NBA success but if how Leangelo plays in summer league directly correlates to how he plays in the NBA and you gave me the option of taking um, Leangelo Ball or PJ Tucker I'm taking Leangelo Ball and I can hear people freaking out about that but I mean if we're just looking on you know recency bias P.J. Tucker just won a ring with the Milwaukee Bucks. Guy was playing 30 minutes a game and scoring one or two points. That's, LiAngelo Ball's not doing that. He's going to hit some threes. He's going to get you some steals, a couple blocks here and there. He's going to go and crash the boards, which, again, are things that P.J. Tucker will do. But I think LiAngelo Ball is going to be a better scorer for you. So again, I like what I'm seeing from LiAngelo Ball. I think he's definitely earned a contract with the Charlotte Hornets. I think it's really exciting um, that they're together. I love the Charlotte Hornets. I love. I'm a big fan of Lamelo Ball. Um, I know when I first kind of, for people that know, like I, I'm a, I'm a Clippers fan, and we'll talk about that um, later on about some trades and some signings there. But when I first made the switch. To be a Clippers fan, I was initially a Lakers fan growing up because of my dad. And when I made the switch to be a Clippers fan, I remember kind of going in between, not going in between, but also thinking like, maybe I'll be a Bobcats fan. That was back to show the Bobcats because of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, one of my favorite players of all time. He's the owner. And then they drafted Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And I said, 
no way in hell am I cheering for this team. These guys are idiots. And where is MKG right now? Yeah, not in not in the league. I don't even I couldn't even tell you what was the last year he played. So I'm happy I made my my decision to be a Clippers fan, but again, I think the Charlotte Hornets are an exciting team. I think in an Eastern Conference, they have the potential to make the playoffs this year. Um, I think youth is always exciting to watch in the NBA. I think LaMelo Ball is an electric player. Um, I've gone on record saying before he was even drafted last year, um, LaMelo Ball at one time in his career will win an MVP. Guarantee it. Lock it down. I'll put $50 on it. Anybody that wants to call me. That's like a 15, 20 year bet. So, I mean, we got to make sure we keep track of that. But 100%, I think LaMelo Ball will win an MVP um, in his career. I think he's got all the all the tools to be able to do that. So, Leandro Ball should be signed um, by the Charlotte Bobcats. Or <laughs> Charlotte Bobcats. By the Charlotte Hornets. Him and LaMelo in the backcourt would be pretty sick. Would have been cool if Lonzo signed there, but I definitely agree with him to sign with the Bulls. That was a good acquisition by uh, Chicago. But there you have it. That is my take on Leangelo Ball, the Summer League acquisition. Not even acquisition. The Summer League performance uh, for the Charlotte Bobcats. I said it again. The Charlotte Hornets. What am I talking about? Charlotte Hornets. I just want them to go back to the Bobcats so bad. Okay, so now moving away from the Charlotte Hornets and Leangelo Ball and Lamella Ball, my infatuation with that young and exciting team out in the East, we're going to move to a recent trade with my team, the Los Angeles Clippers. So the Los Angeles Clippers this past weekend made a trade sending Patrick Beverly, um, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Oturo to the Memphis Grizzlies for Eric Bledsoe. Now, Eric Bledsoe was initially drafted by, well, I guess he was drafted by OKC, which was then traded um, on draft night to the Clippers. So, comes back to the Clippers organization. Um, listen, this is a, a difficult trade for me to kind of look at and evaluate because for people that know me, know Pat Bev is my guy. I love Patrick Beverly. I think the DNA of the Los Angeles Clippers is is Patrick Beverly. He is the embodiment of the Los Angeles Clippers in terms of, you know, just grinding for the ball, work ethic, heart. Um, you got, you know, the big brother, per se, in the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, showtime lakers they're flashy they're exciting they got the purple and gold but the los angeles clippers you know are that blue collar team they're going to go to work they're going to be in your face they're going to work hard um and even if they lose they're going to make you hurt um to win that game so i think patrick beverly literally is the embodiment of what the los angeles clippers are rajon rondo um going over I don't really feel a way about it um, I loved the acquisition of Rajon Rondo when he first came to the Clippers last year from the Atlanta Hawks uh, we traded him for Lou Will um, he didn't like and I loved it by Ty Lue but he didn't play every single game um, 
for the Clippers in the postseason. He didn't play every single game. He wasn't there in pivotal moments. Ty Lue put him in for certain matchups and certain situations, but he wasn't a starting point guard. And I kind of thought that that's what he was going to be when he came to the Clippers, and maybe that's my mistake for thinking that. But So I don't really feel a way about it. Um, you know, a veteran point guard with two championships, high IQ guy, um, a very fiery personality, kind of similar to Pat Bev, actually. Um, a guy that you definitely love to have on your team and you don't like to play against. Love Rajon Rondo. Uh, loved his time here in the Clippers organization. Daniel Arturo is a throwaway guy. Um, Daniel Arturo, they literally put him in the last couple games of the season last year so they could lose those games, so they could, um, you know, throw them um, so they can get the proper seeding that they wanted, and it worked. So thanks, Daniel Arturo, for that. But he's kind of like a piece that I don't really think is going to be missed much. But in my eyes, the, the swap is Patrick Beverly for Eric Bledsoe. Now, I'm torn whether I like the trade or not because I think on paper, Eric Bledsoe gives you more in the regular season. I think he's going to average more points. Um, he's a two-time all-defensive player. Um, he's going to get more points in the regular season. Probably more points than Eric or than Patrick Beverly and Rajon Rondo combined. Um, but the issue for me with Bledsoe comes to the playoffs. I think not last year because he was with uh, the Pelicans, but the year prior when he was with uh, the Bucks in the um, in the bubble, he averaged twenty nine percent from the field. And I think 17% from three. That's atrocious. He didn't play like that in the regular season. But he played like that in the playoffs. He played like that in the bubble. And you, you could argue, you could say that it was just the bubble. You know, a lot of players were off in the bubble. But he has a history of just not performing in the playoffs. And just not showing up and choking. And that was a major reason why they got rid of him in Milwaukee. And look what happened. They ended up winning a chip. So I think it worked out for them. I like Eric Bledsoe. I think they made this trade on or for a couple different reasons. Number one, Kawhi Leonard is out. People are saying until I've heard from anywhere between January and April, but he's out for a while off of his partial torn ACL. I don't think he comes. I know surgery recovery was, it says four to six months, which would push it, I think, to like December. I think he's going to take his time. Never hurts to take your time. I think knowing Kawhi's history and, you know, knowing the load management, he probably takes his time. I would figure late February, early March, he comes back just so you can get ready and, you know, be ready for the playoffs. But who's to say the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard don't just say, hey, take the year off. We'll see where we are at um, mid-April, end of April in terms of the playoffs, and then adjust from there. I don't think the expectation is that they're going to be a top-four seed in the West. 
I would highly doubt it that they're a top four seed in the West. I would honestly think that they're probably one of those play-in teams. And then it's an evaluation of should Kawhi come in. Why I mention this is Bledsoe can perform in the regular season. He can put up points in the regular season. Again, like I mentioned, not so hot in the playoffs. So if he can average, I think one year he averaged 21 points. I think with the Suns, he averaged like 21.7 points a game. If he can give you like 18 points, 19 points a game, like average, that's not bad. And that's going to allow you to still be competitive. That's going to give you some more scoring along with, I think, Reggie Jackson. Um, bringing him back was massive. He's going to give you points. Terrence Mann, I think, is going to take a step up. You got Serge Ibaka back and healthy. He obviously didn't play down the stretch. And uh, I think he played like two games in the playoffs. He was too injured. That'll allow you to still be competitive and, and make up for those points that Kawhi would have scored. That's where I think he comes back for the playoffs. Takes that load off of Eric Bledsoe because it's like, hey, bro, we know you don't perform well in the playoffs. Just be a, a playmaking facilitator. That'd be perfect for us. You can get that scoring out of Terrence May. You can get that scoring out of Reggie Jackson, Serge Ibaka, all these guys, Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum. You can get that scoring out of all those guys. If Kawhi comes back and you allow Bledsoe to strictly focus on being a solid perimeter defender and being a facilitating playmaker. That works. So I'm fine with that, you know, the trade that way. My second train of thought is why they made this trade was I believe with this trade, it frees them up. And again, I'll talk about the Kawhi Leonard signing because this goes hand in hand, but I think with this trade, it gives them the flexibility to do something next season in free agency in terms of they, they can go a bit deeper into luxury tax. Who is that player? I don't know. Is it a trade? Probably not to get that player. Um, it could be, but it, it will likely be a signing. I think with this trade, they were thinking about next year. I think the brass of the Clippers organization kind of looked at the writing on the wall and said, okay, Kawhi may or may not play this season. So let's make every single adjustment. Let's make every single move that we make from now on be to prepare us for the 2022 season. So I think their mindset is they're going to create a big three for 2022, which I'm, I'm down for. I, I like that, especially now that you see, you know, we had a couple years where it was duos in the league, but now you're starting to see a couple teams start to ramp up, go for some big threes, most notably, obviously, the Nets and the Lakers. I think the, the Clippers are trying to make that play for that next year. And that trade allows them to do that. My other and I think final train of thought with this trade, which is the unfortunate part, because again, like I mentioned, I'm a Pat Bev guy. 
I think some things happened in the playoffs and once the Clippers got eliminated that the front office didn't jive with. I think the first thing when it comes to Rondo, there was the incident where I think he packed, I can't remember. Well, they must've been playing against the jazz because he obviously wasn't playing against the Suns. but I think Rondo had made a, a play to pass the ball to Kawhi um, in some dying seconds for a, you know, a, a big shot that would have won them the game. And Kawhi, you know, just didn't read the play well, I guess, and and took a terrible shot. And Rajon Rondo gave him, like, this death stare, like he was staring into his soul, being like, what the hell are you doing? Why would you do that? Look for a different option or, you know, create an opportunity for yourself. Just like in marriage, happy wife, happy happy life, you need to make sure that your superstars are happy. And if Kawhi and Paul George aren't happy, if there's a situation that kind of ruffled their feathers, i.e. someone giving them a death stare and telling them, what the fuck are you doing? Make a better play. Might not jive so well with them. I think Kawhi's not... I don't think Kawhi has tough skin, to be honest with you. I don't think he has thick skin. Not as thin as Kevin Durant's, but I don't think he's got thick skin. So I think that was a uh, I think that was possibly that and in part with you know I think he and Tyloo might have butt heads a little bit you know Rajon trying to coach on the bench and Tyloo you know inf- infamously being known to be a coach that doesn't care he'll stand up to players i.e. the championship win in in uh, Cleveland he stood up to LeBron if if you're gonna stand up to LeBron I think you'll stand up to to Rajon Rondo. I don't think you're scared of Rajon Rondo. So I think that maybe dropped, you know, rubbed in the wrong way as well. And with Pat Bev at the end of the Suns series, the absolute mental lapse that he had to go and shove Chris Paul. I think this was like in the dying like minutes or seconds of the final game. And he just shoved him, and it was just—it was just—it was stupid. It was a play that you didn't need to do. Not even a play. It was just something that you didn't need to do. It was a stupid decision. He let his emotions get the best of him, and I honestly think that ended up costing him a spot with the Clippers. I think Jerry West, Lawrence Frank, Ty Lue, maybe even Steve Ballmer saw that and said, "No, love you, Pat." You know, longest longest tenured Clipper at that time. Love you, Pat, but we don't want to be known for that. That's not something that we want to, you know, hang our hat on and and uh, have people remember us by. So I think that costs Pat Bev a spot with the Clippers, which is unfortunate. Because, again, he's my favorite player. And a lot of people don't get it when I say... Patrick Beverly is one of my favorite players in the league. He was definitely my, like, in this roster with Kawhi and PG and, and these guys on there, easily, easily, Patrick Beverly was my favorite player. Easily, without a doubt. And even still in the league, he's still one of my favorite players. And I, I understand people don't get that and people troll me for that. But 
the story of Patrick Beverly is, I don't want to say something like no other, because I'm sure a lot of, you know, athletes have maybe not a similar story, but a story of, of rags riches, a story of, you know, they've faced some adversity and, and they've come from it. But what made me really, you know, appreciate and like Patrick Beverly was uh, ESPN. I think it was did a, like a 30 for 30 or a small segment on him and you know his upbringing and how you know he got his role his journey to the league pat bev uh was a stud like he comes from chicago south side of chicago i think or west side of chicago and chicago is not like it's not known to be a really friendly place if you're not in the right spots it's not known to be a really friendly place you can get into a lot of bad situations there and not a lot of people have your best interest in Chicago. So Pat Bev grew up in Chicago um, and obviously played basketball in high school there. And he was a stud. He was a stud in basketball. Um, and I remember they were talking about it in this article about um Guys would show up, like other like gang members or whoever they were, would show up to Pat Bev's games and would be talking about like if he scores over thirty, like we're gonna knock his knees out and shit like that, like just stupid sketchy stuff. And that's a terrible environment to grow up in. But anyways, Pat Bev played so well that he ended up getting an offer to Arkansas. Um, I can't remember what happened after that, but eventually he had to come home. Something just didn't work out at the University of Arkansas. Well, maybe he just wasn't getting the time or whatever, but came back to Chicago um, and, you know, had a kid and had to take care of his family, and he turned to, you know, selling drugs. And... uh the moment that changed Pat Bev's life and that turned everything around was he was out with his cousin, um, hanging out around the neighborhood and Pat said he was going to go home. He was leaving. He was leaving the area. So he asked his cousin if he wants to come with him. And his cousin was like, no, man, I'm going to stay here for a bit. Pat said, okay, no worries. Like do your thing. Like 10 minutes later, Something like that. Um, Pat Bev's cousin gets involved in a in a shootout. I don't know if he was directly involved with it or just got caught in the crossfires, but wrong place, wrong time, needless to say. And I think for anybody, but for Pat Bev in that, in that situation, it was kind of a, a waking up moment as to say, like, oh, shit, like, that could have been me. I need to make better choices in my life because that could have been me. If I didn't leave, you know, when I did, I could have been caught in that scenario. If he left and I stayed, I, I could have been caught in that scenario. So, you know, as luck would have it, as fate would have it, two days later, uh, he gets a call from, I think it was either Slovenia or some, you know, European country offering him a contract. But he would have to pay his way there um, and take care of himself there. So he said, okay, I'm down. So again, he moves overseas, and he is playing, playing hard, um, trying to earn money, obviously, but also get a little bit of recognition. So 
the NBA can see him and he can eventually come home. Bounces around for a couple of years. Um, and eventually, I think it was the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets offered him um, a spot. And they again, same thing. They said, you know, you got to find your way here. $7,000, I think Pat Bev said he had in his pocket. Made his way over to Houston. Got signed by Houston, grinded. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, he was a part of that trade that sent Chris Paul from the Los Angeles Clippers to the Houston Rockets. Patrick Beverly, in every single sense of the word, is a dog. And, you know, I've got buddies that say that he is the um, human version of a black Air Force shoe. And maybe every dog, every guy with a dog mentality has a little bit of black Air Force shoe in them. But one thing that Patrick Beverly will never cheat you for is effort. Never been the best shooter. He can put up shots. You know, he was hitting some threes in the in the last playoffs. Great defender. Not afraid to get in there and get a rebound. Will get in your best player's face and intimidate them. But one thing Patrick Beverly will never cheat you for is work effort, work effort and heart. So, needless to say, you know, that is why Patrick Beverly is is one of my favorite players in the NBA today, in the NBA history, just because of effort, work ethic, and heart. He is 100% um, an underdog. He's got that dog mentality, um, and he's definitely going to miss. I would love if there was some way that, you know, maybe the Memphis Grizzlies don't want him and they wave him and he comes back. That would be awesome to the Clippers, but... I also think it's a great fit for him in Memphis. I think, you know, they've always been known to be a great and grind organization. You go back to Zebo and Marc Gasol being there, um, Mike Conley. So I think it's a good fit for him there. He can teach, you know, John Morant a couple things in terms of defense uh, and mindset. Him and Dylan Brooks will be nasty in a backcourt. Great defensive guards that kind of get in your face. So shout out to Dylan Brooks, Canadian. But, um, yeah, going to miss Pat Bev for sure. Really good player. And, again, underdog, dog mentality in every sense of the word. So, going to miss you, Pat Bev. So, now staying with the Clippers. Staying with talking about the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard signs a four-year, $176.3 million deal. Four years is actually a three plus one. So three years signed on for the Clippers with a player option in that fourth year. Um, when he signed with the Clippers initially, um, his first contract was a two plus one. Obviously, he declined that third year, that plus one year, so he could sign this deal. Um, I'm interested about how this contract came to be because according to Brian Windhorst, he actually took less money um, to add for some more cap flexibility. Like I mentioned um, with the Pat Bev trade, it's going to work out for the Clippers in the long run next year. It allows them to have, I think $30 million um, into the luxury tax. So they're able to make some more, 
moves a potential third all-star can come in there um, and really help them out so it'll be interesting to see what they do and how that comes to be uh, in 2022 but for now we have Kawhi Leonard for three years guaranteed in the Clippers organization I think well not not even I think I know that when the Clippers made the signing and the trade to get Paul George and Kawhi on the same team a couple years ago. Um, there was a lot, and you heard the conversation even this past season, but there was a lot of talk about the Clippers mortgaged a lot of their future to make this happen. And, you know, Paul George signed a deal either midway through the season or at the start of the season to keep him here. Um, so I think him and Kawhi are on the same sort of wavelength. I know they make the exact same money, I'm pretty sure, at least this next season. Um, but they're on the same sort of contract length with three years. Um, but a lot of people were talking about, look, you traded Shea. Gala was in there. That's not really part of the, the mortgaging of the future. But you trade a lot of picks away in order to get Paul George. Now, again, they didn't just get Paul George for that. It was content. Kawhi was, you know, coming there, but it was contingent on Paul George um, going over in that trade. So that shade and Paul George trade with all those picks was essentially Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for those picks and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, but a lot of people were talking about how you mortgaged your future and how this could not be good for the Clippers in a couple years if Kawhi decides to leave and skip town. There was talks about him going back to the Raptors. No. There was talks about him going to the Warriors. Um, there was talks about him going to the Mavs. Look, the reason that Kawhi wanted out of San Antonio those years ago was because he wanted to come home. He wanted to, he wanted to live in California. He wanted to live in L.A. That's where his family is. He wanted to be closer to his family. San Antonio said no. Toronto offered a better deal. Toronto got him for a year. Obviously, they won a championship um, in Toronto. Toronto wanted to re-sign him. A lot of people were saying, Toronto's the best scenario for you. And I totally agree. It would have They would have probably went back-to-back. -back. People are talking about a 3 P. I I don't think so. But they probably would have went back-to-back, -back, knowing what we know now. Ended up going to the Clippers. Didn't want to go to the Lakers. Went to the Clippers. So when people were talking about Kawhi going to the Mavs, Kawhi going back to the Raptors. I didn't entertain it because to, to Kawhi going to the Knicks, I didn't entertain it because it didn't make any sense. He wanted to go home. Now, I will say, I thought if Kawhi was going to leave, there was two scenarios I thought were absolutely perfect for him. Miami and Phoenix. Now, Miami is in another state, kind of close to California, not really, but in the southern aspect. If he was really just concerned with the weather, he goes down to Florida. It's basically the same. I don't really know my, my American geography, so maybe the weather is definitely not the same, but I know they're both warm, so we'll just go with that. But I think if he went to Miami, I think it's a perfect system for him. I think... Again, similar to Jimmy Butler, they kind of have the same sort of play style, defensive, grit and grind. Um, it would have been perfect for them. And he could have still done his load management because they're a competitive enough team, competitive competitive enough team where they could have held on 
um, without him there in every single game. I think that would have been a great scenario for him. The second team I mentioned was the Phoenix Suns. Not in the state of California, in the state of Arizona, which is next door to California. So it's still close enough, and you still get that weather if that's, again, what your concern was. I think when they played the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, I think that was next. Not that Kawhi cares, but I think because of the whole Kevin Durant, OKC, Golden State deal, I think players might be a little bit mindful of doing that, of losing to a team, especially in a later round, and then going and joining that team. But that would have been cool, seeing Chris Paul, you know, Kawhi gets his legit point guard. And that would be the same thing in Miami. They would have gotten Kyle Lowry. Kawhi gets his legit point guard in Chris Paul. He gets an absolute shooter in Devin Booker. And he gets a big guy in DeAndre Ayton. I think it would have been an interesting scenario, interesting situation for him. But again, as soon as they played each other in the Western Conference Finals, I said this isn't going to happen. Another scenario that I heard, which I would have, I would have puked. I actually would have been so mad if it happened. Was the Golden State Warriors? Oh, they're in the state of California. He would still be there. No, I don't think Kawhi is that type of guy where he wants to link up with people. I remember when it, when the Clippers and the Lakers and the Raptors were all trying to get him a couple years ago in 2019, 2019, 2018, 2019. Um, when they were trying to get him a couple years ago, he didn't want to play with LeBron. He didn't want to play under LeBron. He, he didn't want that. So why would he want to go to Golden State and then be under Steph Curry? It just didn't make any sense to me. It would have been crazy, but it just didn't make any sense to me. And then another one I heard, again, because it's in the state of California, people were talking about him going to Sacramento. Why the hell would he go to Sacramento? That doesn't make any sense. So, ends up staying with the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm a big fan of that, obviously. I was unsure about the length of the contract. Kawhi right now, I think, is 30 or 31 years old. Three more years will put him 34, 35 years old. I don't know if Kawhi plays that long. I think, obviously, he signs the contract, so he does end up playing that long, but... I Kawhi scares me a little bit because he's got injury history. He load manages, so he doesn't actually play a full season. So you don't actually know how durable of a player he is. But, you know, having Kawhi on your team versus not having Kawhi on your team, I think you're going to take 9 times out of 10. Which, again, going back to the trade... I think Eric Bledsoe will fit in nice when Kawhi comes back because Eric Bledsoe, as opposed to a guy like Rajon Rondo or Patrick Beverly, Eric Bledsoe's a very durable guy. I think the stat is he's missed 13 or 17. He's missed under 20 games in the past three or four years combined. Meanwhile, Rajon Rondo and Patrick Beverly, definitely Rajon Rondo, but you can count on them to have an injury 
um, every single season. So I'll take the durability and the potential to have him perform in the regular season, and hopefully Kawhi comes back for the NBA playoffs. But again, this gives the Clippers the ability to build while still having Kawhi and PG for another three years. I think they've got some young guys that, they, that they're that they high on. I know they like Amir Coffey. We saw a bit of him last year. Really high on Terrence Mann. They were able to sign and bring Reg Jackson back for two years, which also, again, makes me think about 2022. I think they're really playing for 2022 with the ability to potentially get another all-star caliber player. I think that's their vision. Again, they've got a few guys that they just drafted this past year. Um, BJ Boston, Brandon Boston, I think his name, Brandon Boston Jr. Um, he was a guy at the start of the season was projected to go first round, um, potentially late lottery or just outside the lottery. Um, they got Jason Preston in the second round. They got both those guys in the second round. Jason Preston has been compared to Cade Cunningham, a lower-level Cade Cunningham. Um, I like that, obviously. He's a, he's a point guard. He's a you know bigger point guard. Um, these guys will take years to develop for sure, but it allows the Clippers to still build while having a competitive team. And then another steal that the Clippers got late in the first round, I think at 21 or 22, they got Keon Johnson. Keon Johnson was another guy that was projected to be a lottery pick. So I think they got lucky. He's probably the best or one of the best athletic guards in the draft this year. I think Jalen Green's obviously right up there as well. Uh, but Keon Johnson, the guy jumps to the roof. So I'm excited to see what they do with the future. Um, still being able to have a good drafting and developing team with the Clippers will allow them to hopefully build while also, you know, still having Kawhi, PG, Reggie, all these guys to potentially run it back for 2022 because I don't think 2021 they're really focused on competing um, deep into the playoffs. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. Oh my gosh. I feel, well, I don't know if I should say I feel so bad for him. I, I feel bad for Dennis Schroeder. I feel bad for Dennis Schroeder. This man, <laughs> as if, and everyone's clowning him, so I feel so bad. But this man had the potential to sign a four-year, $84 million deal with the Lakers. Guaranteed in length and cash. 84 cash. But he's like, Nah, I want $100 million. I know my worth. I want $100 million. He was focused on that. The Lakers said, nah, okay. Don't worry about it. They go out. They make a trade for Russell Westbrook. We don't need you. We don't need you, Dennis Schroeder. Don't worry about it. Dennis says, okay, I know what the market's like. I know what I can get. I know I can get that $100 million. Then we see Reggie Jackson signed for $11 million a year. We see, you know, I think Kemba signed for cheap. We see a couple other guys go. All, Evan Fournier signed for cheap. Mike Connolly re-signed. 
and these are all comparables around the same area of Dennis Schroeder. None of them made over $20 million. And Dennis Schroeder was asking for 25. Dennis Schroeder is not worth $25 million a year. He was asking for four years, a hundred sheets. No way, bro. No way. He's not even worth $20 million. So all these comparables that, that he's kind of put up against, even Alonzo. Alonzo didn't even make that much money. So Dennis Schroeder says, ah, shit. I literally fumbled the bag. So Dennis Schroeder sitting there with an offer from the Lakers proposing $21 million a year. I think that's overpaid. I 100% think that's overpaid for Dennis Schroeder. But he wants $100 million. Probably just because he wants to say he got $100 million. Which is $4 million extra a year. But that extra $16 million helps out the Lakers. They can go and sign other guys. Some depth guys to help you guys out to win a championship. No, Dennis Schroeder doesn't care. Doesn't care. I want my $100 million. I'm going to go get my $100 million from the Marlins. All these guys get signed. And Dennis is still sitting there. Look, if I'm being honest, I'm firing my agent if I'm Dennis Schroeder. He ends up signing a one-year deal with the Boston Celtics for $6 million. $5.9 million. $6 million. My brother, you went from four years guaranteed 84 sheets to one year and $6 million. You look like a sucker. What are you thinking, bro? Always take the the best possible option you have at that point. Is $16 million really going to do that much of a difference for you? And now the reports come out. Dennis Schroeder is in a state of shock. No doubt. No doubt he's in a state of shock. My guy, you could have had 21 sheets a year. That's $15 million more than what you got right now. And you don't know what happens after this year. Knock on wood, I never want to wish anything, you know, wrong on an athlete. Who's to say Dennis Schroeder doesn't go out there and mess up his knee? Who's to say he doesn't have an Achilles tear? Bye. Good luck. I fear that we may be seeing the next version of Isaiah Thomas. Not Zeke, but Isaiah Thomas of the Boston Celtics. Isaiah balled out, you know, worked really hard. Undersized guy, though. Was never able to get the money, I think, unfairly because he was an undersized guy goes to Boston balls out ends up getting an injury in the contract year I think never gets that money he's not even in the league anymore should be 
Not in the league anymore. That's terrible, man. I, I actually really feel bad for Dennis Schroeder. But you fumbled the bag and you should fire your agent. Fumble the bag. Didn't even fumble the bag. It was literally gift wrapped. It was put it the money was put into a a tightly secured briefcase. Wrapped up, duct taped, put inside of a bag, then put inside of a chest. Literally, all you need to do is just open the chest and it was yours. You dropped it. You fumbled the bag, Dennis. And that's tough. That sucks. One bright light, I think, for both the Boston Celtics and for Dennis Schroeder. I think this is a really good situation for him. I think being with the Celtics will be a good spot for him. Does he sign there long term? I don't know. I hope he can coexist with the likes of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I know there's been reported issues, character flaws with Dennis Schroeder. Apparently, he didn't want to like bow down to LeBron James. And you're mad. You should never have to bow down to another man. I, I understand that. I understand where he's coming from there, but. There's been some reported character issues with Dennis Schroeder in the past. Maybe that's why we've seen him on four different teams in four years. Atlanta, OKC, the Lakers, and now the Celtics. I don't know, man. I I really I hope it goes well. I think Boston, you know, they needed a center. They need a legit big, and they needed a point guard this year. Um, you reunite Al Horford in the Celtics um, uh, organization. Dennis Schroeder also knows Al Horford from their Atlanta Hawks days. Maybe that works out. Maybe that's a good connection. I think they, it has the potential to be well. I think the Celtics are hungry because they had a bad year last year. Dennis Schroeder is working for a contract now, something over $6 million. I think it will be beneficial for both sides. But boy, he screwed that up. He really screwed that up. And it was presented. It was perfectly presented for him. All he had to do was sign on the dotted line. But he got greedy. So I don't know. It'll be interesting because he is a solid player. Um, but I'm not sure how he does this year in this circumstance with all this noise around him now. Have we just... Again, fires his agent, locks everyone out, and uh, balls out and has a really great year. So, I, I'm feeling for you, my German brother, and, uh, you know, that, that's tough, man. But, yeah, you fumbled the bag for sure. Okay, so there you have it. That was this episode of Overrated Underdog. Again, I am your host, Tobias Berkeley. Going to be back weekly all throughout the week with much more sports content, anything from basketball, baseball, hockey, football, some UFC, might toss in some sports betting. Uh, if you are interested in being a guest on this show, feel free to message me on Instagram at overrated.underdog and make sure while you're there to give it a follow. Stay tuned for more content coming weekly. Keep it real. Peace. 
You've been listening to the overrated underdog. If it's football, basketball, hockey, or baseball, we're talking about it. We hope you had fun. We know we did. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at overrated.underdog. To watch clips from the episodes, check us out on YouTube at Overrated Underdog. And the podcast can be found anywhere you stream podcasts at Overrated Underdog. We'll see you next time underdogs.